You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Want to let you know today's episode brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode. Also later today, we're going to talk a lot about Kawhi Leonard. His injury, ACL, could keep him out most of next season. Uh, that has a huge impact on the Western Conference, Pacific Division, and obviously, therefore, the Lakers. So we'll talk a lot about that. And then uh, if we get to it today, Andy, LeBron James, uh, he's got Space Jam coming out this weekend, and he uh, rolls into that as the, once again, most popular jersey in the NBA. So a lot of things coming up, LeBron. Yeah, I mean, that that seems to be basically the life of LeBron um, since entering the league. You know, he had, he had to deal with some adversity to get there, but once he got there, uh, it's safe to say, it's worked out pretty well for the guy. Yeah, it's been all right. Um, yeah. All right. So we'll do the, all of that, though, after this. We uh, we told you guys uh, for the last few shows that we would be getting into the draft and some of the players that the Lakers have been connected to in a bunch of different mock drafts with the 22nd pick. Of course, the draft is on the 29th, and we're going to start that today. Brandon Olson joining us today. He is the host of Locked on Gators on the network. He's also... Uh, the guy who runs Whole Nine Sports, big football website. So if you're interested in, in football, college, gambling, all that stuff, make sure to check that out. But Brandon, welcome, first of all. And uh, it's it's nice to meet you. We are interested in you because you know a lot about Trey Mann, certainly a lot more than we do. Guard from Florida, connected to the Lakers. So uh, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It feels like a lot more pressure now that now I know, I know that I'm the first one here for the draft. Uh, that, that's... Yeah, don't, yeah, don't screw this up. Yeah, seriously. Brandon, like <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot writing on this for us. Like whatever happens with you happens with you. Like you're in a completely different space with this network. It doesn't really affect us one way or another from here. However, for like the next 10 15 minutes, be good. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all right. So Trey Mann has been is one of those guys that's actually been connected to the Lakers in a bunch of different mock drafts. Um, he put his name in the draft last year and withdrew. He just didn't get any traction. He returned to school for one more year, and now he's in this sort of mid to late first round uh, thing. What what changed from that first year to the second one? Well, I mean, physically, he got taller and heavier. <laughs> he went through a little bit of a growth spurt, uh, and he just his game improved so much. Like he's always been a a crafty guy, I'll say, but just this season, he got so much better than I expected. Because uh, when he entered the draft last year, it was like one of those like silly little things. Like Florida, we had another guy do it this year. Entered the draft, no one cared, and he came back. Uh, but Trey, man, like he showed up this year and he, his shot was much improved. His handles were much improved and his playmaking ability in general, just working the pick and roll specifically was mm. his like bread and butter offensively. Uh, and that was just huge for Florida throughout the entire year. Uh, this was one of the best Gators offensive teams that we've seen in quite some time and I mean defensively not so much but um off offensively this is one of the better Gator teams that we've seen and Trey Mann was the head of that you mentioned uh, that growth spurt which I think is really interesting and I, I I've seen a couple scouting reports where they're wondering if he might even 
get taller, which would obviously be great for him and whatever team took him. He's currently at 6'5", which is obviously that's a pretty good height for a point guard. You're, you're on the taller side there. Does he have good length that goes along with that? And if, if so, how good is he at actually using that length? Um, not very. I'll say that he, <laughs> he's got good length, but he's got he, – I don't want to be like a jerk about it, but he, he <laughs> plays a little soft. Uh, so it's like you have that length, but not that tenacity as a defender mm. that you really want him to have. He's not a strong finisher at the rim. Those are probably his two biggest issues. And he's not a freak athlete. Like he's not going to make a ton of plays in the passing lane. Just with that length, he's not going to really uh, lull ball carriers to make errant passes. And he's not going to be a star defensively. He doesn't really know how to use that length yet. And it could be because he just grew. Like we said, he just going to say it's like a brand new accessory for him. Yeah, he's got no experience <laughs> with it. He has no idea how to use it. But at this point. Yeah, he's, he doesn't know how to use his length effectively. Yeah, the, the reason specifically I asked uh, before we get to Brian's next question is just the Lakers are a team that really puts a lot of uh, value on length, specifically. They, they, they like to be long as a and team. And on defense, for that matter. Right, like, it, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so I, I was just curious in terms of his fit that specific way. Yeah, he, he's just, yeah. No, he doesn't know how to use it. Yet, again, he can get coached up plenty. He improved a ton from freshman year or sophomore year, I don't see why we wouldn't expect him to improve more in this offseason. Um, what are, you talk about some of the weaknesses there with with you know particularly on defense and alluded to some of his strengths. Where do you think he you know can really shine the most as an NBA player? What are his greatest strengths? Uh his floater is one of the best I've seen in college. I know that's a weird thing to lead off with, but it's just it's one of those things that I love from him and it's, I, I just love the floater. I don't know why. No, no idea why. It just looks so graceful to me, I guess. But, but you know what? It's, 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 it's actually an important thing. It's become a really important weapon for a lot of guys, you know, particularly as, as defenses get much better at protecting the rim and things like that. To have that kind of in-between game where you can use that floater as a weapon in the lane to keep the defenses off balance. That's a huge deal. Uh, this, you know, we've seen it, you know, Trey Young has, has basically become like the the ambassador of the floater. And so like that kind of thing becomes really important. I get it. I get why you're interested in it. Yeah, it's just I don't know why. I just love it. It's it's a beautiful thing to see, like a well-executed floater. I just love. But um, he, yeah, he, that, there's that. There's his his shooting has improved mm-hmm. so much, especially just off the dribble. He's been able to create shots for himself and create buckets for a Gators offense that really uh, like ran through him entirely. Uh, yeah, those are his biggest strengths, I'd say. He he bumped his three point percentage up in a big way from freshman year to sophomore year. That you know we've seen that with the Lakers, like with Kyle Kuzma. You know you you don't quite know which is the 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 year that you hinge on. Is it the stuff he did in college? Is it you know his first year? Is it the lower years when he gets in the league? When you watch Trey Mann shoot. Do you think which do you think is the more legitimate representation of where his shooting skill is? Because another thing the Lakers desperately need that we saw this year is shooting. I'd I'd say his sophomore year because the one of the reasons that his percentage went up and that his just efficiency went up was that he was taking much smarter shots from three. I think that's really what changed with him. I don't think his shot necessarily improved a ton. I think it was just that he was taking smarter shots and picking and choosing where he when he was going to let it fly. And I think that's why he improved, and that's why I'd lean towards uh, 
the more recent production. We we were just talking um, about Trey Young a second ago with that with that floater and the way uh, that in between game is starting to get utilized a little bit more by certain players. I mean, the Suns it's a big part of what makes them so difficult to guard and why they're in the finals. With with Trey specifically or anybody else, are are there comps like? Is there anybody that you see him uh, reminding you of that's in the NBA? Yeah, it, it's Trey Young, just like oh. The- the wiry build, I guess I'll say. Um, and by that, I mean incredibly thin. <laughs> uh, but that same build, the floater, the create the ability to create your own shots and score off the dribble. Uh, and, I mean, if we're going to be honest, the um, lack of defensive prowess. Say, <laughs> um, I, I think Trey Young is the best comp that you can come up with for Trey Mann. That would get Laker fans very excited. Live with that. How capable is he? Is there a lot of ways you can approach the draft in terms of guys who are maybe a little bit higher uh, floor, but a lower ceiling that can maybe step in and play right away? Guys who are a little more speculative, who need more time, but might have that higher ceiling. When you think about Trey Mann, is he more the former, a guy who maybe can come in and play right away, but maybe doesn't have quite as high a ceiling? Or do you think he'll require a little bit more patience? But has that higher upside? Uh, I think he's a guy that you can kind of, you can put a little bit of pressure on him early on and expect him to come in and contribute as a scorer off the bench. Um, I mean, I wouldn't think he's going to be your sixth man right away, but he can come Mm -hmm. in and be a contributor and just run the offense as like a platoon squad. Uh, And his ceiling, I don't know if he'll ever be a primary scorer, I think he's capable of maybe becoming a primary scorer, but uh, I, I think at at his best, I think he'd be best used as a number two or number three scorer. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to bring football up. I equated him to Juju Smith-Schuster, who it's like he's an okay number one, but you don't want him to be your number one, but he'd mm-hmm. excel at the number two or three option. But, I mean, as far as what the Lakers are looking for next year, do you, do you think he's somebody that you could put on the floor for, like, 12, 15 minutes a game as somewhere between like an eighth and 10th man. He's got some responsibilities as a scorer, some responsibilities as a, as a ball handler, running sets, maybe not the primary guy, but you could do that without him getting either completely lost or just becoming that big of a detriment in what, because the Lakers are obviously in win now mode. Yeah, I absolutely think he could step in next year and at least be a contributor uh, mainly offensively, but yeah, I, I don't think he'd be too much of a defensive liability where you'd have to be like, okay, let's get him off the court. I think he can absolutely contribute offensively enough where you can justify the selection and justify giving him minutes. Is he, you know, from, from what your, your experience is watching him, you know, you follow him on social. I mean, it's, it's an impossible year to get near players. That just hasn't happened this year. Does he seem like the kind of go though, if he's not good at defense, he's willing to try to get there. Yeah, no, he he's okay. Tried. Good, he's tried. He's just he's not great at it. I'm hoping that you know we mentioned his length before. I'm hoping that now that he's got some experience, uh, he'll be able to improve there a lot. But he he's yeah, it's it's not effort that uh that keeps him out. It's just okay, not I mean, <laughs> okay. Last question with that too, and and I wanted to piggyback a little bit onto that in, in terms of the effort. Because like Kuzma, we talked about a little bit earlier, when he came into the league, by his own admission, he was a train wreck defensively. He was just awful. But it wasn't for a lack of effort. He was trying. It was a lack of understanding. How much do you think just the 
understanding a defense um, with man is a thing because it's harder than I think a lot of people give credit towards. And just his overall understanding of the game, where do you think it's at? I, I think that's probably where he's most <laughs> raw right now is that his, his IQ is just not there specifically defensively. He's uh, I, I'll say he, he lacks a little bit of discipline defensively. He's, he's pretty sloppy at times, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say his efforts there. It's literally just, he doesn't know where he should be when he should be in certain places. Fair enough. All right, Brandon Olson, you can find him at the on the network at the on the Locked On Gators podcast. Check out Whole Nine Sports as well. Thanks so much for coming on, man. This is uh, insight that we cannot provide ourselves. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a blast. Locked On Lakers brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's time for the Michelob Ultra moment. It happened earlier this week when LeBron appeared on the Smartless podcast with Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and said, among other things, that he wants to retire a Laker. Maybe that comes at the end of his contract, which is in two seasons. Maybe it happens not five, not six, not seven years from now, which, Brian, he alluded to mm-hmm. as a possibility. Um, and the way LeBron's playing, it doesn't feel insane, which is insane. But either way, though, he confirmed the joy and passion that he currently feels as a Laker as part of the franchise and its history, and that should feel really gratifying for Laker fans. We also talked about this in more detail on Tuesday's podcast earlier this week. If you haven't heard it and you want our thoughts, remember Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. So uh, when the Clippers were moving through the playoffs, uh, they you know Kawhi Leonard went out, and the assumption, the reporting, the the chatter was that he suffered an ACL injury, but nobody would really talk about it. It was never confirmed. Uh, the Clippers just kept calling him a sprain and listing him day to day. We got the confirmation it was an ACL injury, uh, Andy, because he got it surgically repaired, uh, a grade two, a partial tear with a timeline that keeps him out anywhere from 6 to 12 months. But you've got to figure, I think, Andy, given his injury history and the conservative way that they've handled uh, Team Kawhi, meaning like basically all of his injuries over the last few seasons, that it would be closer to that 9 to 12-month thing, which would keep him out most, if not all, of next season. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard has not been, uh, generally speaking, a guy that recovers quickly from injuries. Like he, He's not... You know, the way Kobe used to always plan for this stuff on the early side of the calendar with the back Kawhi, week. Right. With with LeBron, you are excuse me, with Kawhi, you plan on the late side of the calendar and you're not even sure that it's a calendar that the rest of Earth is using. Like this mm-hmm. this may just be a calendar that a uh, team Kawhi is aware of. Yeah, it's in the, I, and it's a calendar I don't understand in the way that I still don't understand how the Jewish calendar works. Despite 45 years of trying to figure out when the holidays are and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if you read the calendar from right to left or left to right. I don't, it's, it's it's too confusing for me. I don't yeah. get it. But like this this is in terms of impact on the western Couldn't conference. Help too it, by the way really quickly. Put the holidays on the same day every year. Can't do it. It's a whole other calendar. That's why I. That's why I'm not held responsible for not knowing Rosh Hashanah is every year. I cannot be held responsible for that. I plan on sharing a lot of these thoughts um, on a upcoming appearance on Locked On Judaism. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. Um, And so you know we have this situation now. Like the impact that we're talking here. It's this is the equivalent. um, Perhaps even you could argue even more devastating for the Clippers than when. Clay missed the year for Golden State, which took them from a title contender to, geez, I wonder if they're going to make the playoffs. Now, I think 
the Clippers can still make the playoffs, certainly be in that top 10, given what they showed with, with Paul George and the rest of that crew. But it's not guaranteed, and it, it I think it completely eliminates them from potential title status. And I'm not going out on a limb there. I think most people would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, a couple things with that. First of all, if you're trying to find bright sides for the Clippers with this, because there's no way around it, this is really shitty for them. Yeah. At least they have some time to learn about this you know, between now and free agency beginning, now and the draft, there's at least a little bit of time. So they're not completely blindsided, like as opposed to what you mentioned with Clay Thompson and the Warriors last season. They found out about this like a day before free agency began. Mm-hmm. And they they ended up swinging that deal for Kelly Oubre, which I would say had mixed results at best. And A, it was something that they had to do kind of last minute because they hadn't had enough time to really plan out other stuff. They were scrambling. But also, too, like you mentioned, they they were pot committed in terms of trying to compete as as an elite contender. So that all of a sudden starts putting you in these spaces where you have to make that type of move with Ubre, which you know, which I thought at the time was I actually thought it was decent. a great recovery. It was a really right. great recovery. It just right. Didn't but work. It, right. It didn't work, but it also may not have been a move that otherwise they would have made at all. They sort of right. felt, you know, backed into it because of the situation. The Clippers at least have a little bit of time to recover. And I don't know how much they were hearing from Team Kawhi versus what we, you know, were hearing publicly with Team Kawhi, because Team Kawhi is notoriously tight-lipped and secretive and weird and all that stuff. But at least they've been somewhat in the loop with the progress, if nothing else. In the meantime, though, this is going to really test my observation from the playoffs, Brian, that whether Paul George is truly capable of carrying a team as a number one option or not, he is at his best when that is what is demanded of him and he has no other choice but to do it. Because I think if you look at his if you look at his time in Indiana and you look at the way he played in the playoffs, you know, not just when Kawhi went out, but especially as the Clippers just started losing guys, he really, really played well. Yeah, like he, he, I mean, he did terrific. None of this is, it's interesting, because none of this is a is an indictment anymore of, of, of George. And I don't think that's, the issue isn't, you know, is Paul George good enough to kind of carry this team? Like, that's not even a fair expectation for, for PG in a in a setup where you've got you know Denver and you've got the the Lakers and you've got the Suns and you've got Utah and you know and, and so on and so on. it's not even a fair thing to ask. Um, I fully expect George to come out next year and have a great year. Um, I, there are two problems here though I think for the Clippers and you know Kawhi's got his player option for I think it's thirty six million next year. They're pretty much I mean, you agree they're pretty much committed like. If he turns down that option, they still got to offer him a max deal or whatever, and 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 sign him up. Given everything that they've done and all they've given up, oh, you yeah. still have to. Right, you can't play around with that I, unless unless you are ready to say this is not going to work. You know, we, we timeline took, and, and you right. and you commit to blowing it all up. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, unless you are willing to say, you know what, we gave it a massive swing. And it didn't work, but we are reaching a place where we feel like this is throwing good money after bad. And you are willing to blow the whole thing up. You know, you trade Paul George, you look to move Marcus Morris, you look to move any contract that you have that could bring back some type of assets where you're, you know, going younger with a guy like Terrence Mann. And 
I don't know, zoo. <laughs> like, I mean, they, they, they're not really built for this right now, guess, but they would have yeah. to try to become that. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're pretty still pretty committed, certainly to Kawhi. You have Paul George, who did a lot of rehab on his image and theoretically, I guess, could be moved. Like if you thought they have the, I mean, that's, that's what's interesting here. Like they have the ability of Kawhi's going to miss most of the season to try to retool a little bit if they think this formula is not going to work. Get out from underneath George's contract, see if you could get something back for that. I, I, get, I don't know if that works. Um, and the mechanics of it are really complicated, but they have choices. The other, the, the part though, that I think if you're the Lakers, you look at this and you're, you're thinking, okay, there's one less team. There's, you know, Denver still has to deal with the Jamal Murray situation where you don't know exactly when he's coming back next year and how good he's going to be when he does. We talked a little earlier this week when in kind of previewing where the Lakers could go with the draft about win now versus um, kind of measuring out that future, which is something Rob Palinka talks about all the time. This injury cranks win now up even more. If you weren't there before as a Laker fan, as a Laker executive, you got to be a hell of a lot closer now knowing that Kawhi Leonard is probably going to miss next season. Yeah, I mean, it's the way teams looked at, you know, the Warriors having that dynasty and all of a sudden Durant gets hurt, then he ends up leaving. Uh, Clay Thompson gets hurt. You know, Steph keeps ending up in and out of the lineup. All of a sudden, they the 800-pound gorilla in your conference and really in the NBA is vulnerable, but you don't know for how long. And right. like, you know, opportunity, When you know, I always say this, your best opportunity to win a championship is the one that is directly in front of you, assuming that the Lakers come back with LeBron healthy, Anthony Davis healthy, and you know a roster that is still built to contend. You know whatever happens this offseason, yeah, they got to strike now. They, yeah, they and, that, and that means if it, if it costs you a little bit in the future of whether it's cap flexibility, whether it's you know a, a player, whatever it is, I think you have to really start considering all of those things. More the good news is have, yeah. they don't have any cap flexibility anyway. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so, but no, but they've they been very, have, but they've Brian. been very conscious of keeping the cap space for a couple of years from now when LeBron's contract is up, so they could try to add that other superstar, uh, presumably play with LeBron for a couple more years, and then AD LeBron retires. You have AD and other guy to move you forward. I wonder if you have to start potentially risking some of that and, and causing problems maybe you have to fix down the road to accommodate that plan. Um, one other thing, because there are probably Laker fans I'd like to think that aren't like happy Kawhi got injured. Let's be better than that. But I don't know. I mean, there's the, the rivalry is there. This brings up something, though, that I, I would imagine terrifies Lakers fans. And uh, we'll talk about that next. Uh, do want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models out there, it's, and it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all, all the parts you need, even if you could figure it out. So, like, I have a, a Honda Odyssey. got three kids, pile them into the minivan or whatever. I got a Honda Odyssey EXL. I go in there, like, what am I supposed to get? They ask me a bunch of questions. I don't know the answers to it. I'm not a car guy. Better solution for me, Andy. I've got a computer in my pocket. It's, it's called my cell phone. I can go to rockauto.com. And I can go there, save 30, 50, even 100% for the same parts that I'd be getting at a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They don't change it. They don't have insider prices. They're great for everyone. So go to rockauto.com now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Again, locked on in their how did you hear about us box. 
and it's amazing selection. It's reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. We are now post All Star break. You can track all the action at Bet Online. As always this week, tons of sports action on the go. Get all the latest news, odds, info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, UFC, MMA. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, contest information. Don't Sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game while teams are into the playoffs. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So I mentioned before the break, Andy, like, you know, the, the risk of sort of, I don't know if Schadenfreude is the right word or whatever, but a little bit of, you know, glee from Lakers fans that, aha, look at the misfortune of the Clippers and that. I'm actually expecting. Maybe not so much of that. First, because Kawhi Leonard's awesome. Uh, he's a great player. It's bad for the league when he can't play. And, you know, we shouldn't root for injuries. That's just low-class stuff. But the other thing is, like, there's a lot of there, but by the grace of God, go we kind of things here. Like, this is the scenario that I think terrifies Lakers fans. When you go all in on a, a superstar-built roster, and one of your superstars is taken out of the lineup for a year, you're screwed. Like there is no plan B from that. There is no, like, if, especially if it's, you know, a bunch of guys who are max players. Like if you, maybe you're lucky and your superstar is still on his rookie contract, maybe you can swing some. But if you're, if you've got the grownups and one of them is gone for a year, there is nothing you can do. If Anthony Davis were to get hurt tomorrow, LeBron were to get hurt tomorrow you know, with some terrible injury, the Lakers have no recourse there. And so like, this is the scenario, I think, that scares every Lakers fan. I'd say particularly with Davis, just because there's always that feeling every time he runs on the floor that something bad might happen. Well, I mean, it absolutely kills your dreams and aspirations to win a championship, get to the finals. And today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. I a you might Ultra. use that as the stag for it's, that. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little more this season. I, I got to use it, Brian, where the opening is there. Because again, yeah, I, want, I want it to be seamless. I want it to be organic. It, the opening is whatever the opening is. You know, yeah. I just, an, an artist. You don't, call, works, you don't call the plays, Andy. You just well, run them. Well, I mean, an artist, and I, I consider myself an artist along these lines, you know, I, I can work with a, within a bunch of different mediums, but ultimately you don't force like a, a water painting to be a sculpture. You know, mm, you, if yeah. you're water painting, you're water painting. Anyway, um, <laughs> to my point. <laughs> but enough about me. <laughs> Like, just like, this is the thing, like, you know, and, and it both makes the season that the Lakers are about to get into really interesting. All of these questions, you know, we talked earlier with Brandon Olson, what kind of player could Trey Mann be? Is he the kind of guy who uh, could come in and, um, you know, contribute 10 to 15 minutes a night on a good team like the Lakers are going to be? We're going to talk about Jaden Springer, another guy, a guard from Tennessee, who's projected in that range and has been attached to the Lakers. Another question we're going to ask when we talk about him, we're going to get his, uh, his preview tomorrow. Like, is he somebody like, these questions become really important. Um, all of these questions about free agents, could you trade Kyle Kuzma? They're, 
the, the Lakers are in that. These are all aimed at that ten to fifteen percent wiggle that the Lakers still. Well, have. I mean, the, versus I'm just saying, like versus that fifty percent thing. It, it, it makes it both the offseason really interesting, but also really reductive. Like, are our guys going to stay healthy or not? Well, I, it, it's funny because, and, and I want to preface this by saying this is not Schadenfreude on my part at all. Like, I, I like Kawhi Leonard a, a lot as a player, and I don't ever root for injury at all. But, you know, as somebody who doesn't just cover the team, but is also like a real Laker fan, Brian, like there was a part of me when I saw this news with Kawhi wondering if the Lakers dodged a bullet with him in terms of the pursuit of him uh, last year with free agent or Anthony Davis's Mm -hmm. first year. Because, I mean, that injury history with Kawhi has been well established way before this. So it's not like you're looking at something that's a fluke event. And, you know, the Lakers won their title without Kawhi by definition. And obviously having Kawhi is a big asset, but you know, you could be looking at a playoffs where they wouldn't have had him anyway because he got hurt and the Lakers had Anthony Davis hurt anyway. And then the following season, you may not have Kawhi at all, but you're still in that position like the Clippers right. where and, and you've right, committed the, to him. You, right. You've committed to him. So, I mean, you, in, in their case, if you happen to give up a lot for him, you just, you end up boxed in in a lot of ways. Right, again, with this all, is, right, it's with all the caveats of like you don't know if he gets hurt if he's playing with the Lakers obvi- in the situation, all that stuff. But and I, that, and I, I would say you're always better off if you can have Kawhi Leonard. You're always better off having Kawhi Leonard because you know there's also a chance maybe they had Kawhi this year and he'd have played while AD was hurt and you still got a chance to win. That said, you are exactly right that you know when you have these guys. It does. It's going to limit to some degree the depth that you can have right. on your roster. That's, that's without getting super granular. But that gets to my other point. Like this is how the Lakers are constructed. This is how the Clippers are constructed. This is how Brooklyn is constructed. Like it is, um, in their case, three guys. In the Lakers' case, two guys. In the Clippers' case, two guys that are kind of the. If they're not healthy, there's not much you can do. And, uh, you know, that's really where the Lakers are. And so, you know, like I said, it's, it's this, the stuff that we're going to be talking about with the free agents and then who can you bring in on the minimum and all that is critically important. And then it's always going to be balanced by, but if something like this happens to Anthony Davis, they're screwed. Um, and which is why you don't, and goes without you know, saying. Never bring the wrong. karma into the world of injuring, letting, oh. giving happy when anybody gets hurt. Absolutely not. Again, couldn't, cannot emphasize this enough. When I thought about that with Kawhi, it is not Schadenfreude in the slightest. I hate seeing no. this happen. So, um, all right. So, like I mentioned, we've got we've got the uh, the rest, of some more of our previews coming up. Um, we're going to get to Jaden Springer. We've, we're lining up Chris Duarte um, and some other dudes. Um, so. A lot of more draft coverage to come. We're going to get into free agency as well. Want to remind people to sign up for Locked On Lakers on YouTube. Go over there, subscribe to that channel. Uh, really happy with how that is is growing. The more it grows, uh, the more cool stuff that we can do with it. So uh, we appreciate your support there. Thank you, thank you. Um, if you missed it, Mirren Fader was on the show earlier this week on Wednesday. Great show. Bit of a departure, obviously, from the Lakers stuff, but a bit of uh, she's fantastic. And a great book about Giannis Antetokounmpo that she's got coming out next month. So a bunch of great stuff to catch up on. Um, And uh, yeah, we'll be back with more draft stuff and more LeBron news on Friday. See everybody next time.